Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that very warm welcome. It's most appreciated. Thank you. I want to just say hello to those who are watching us in Cafe Church and also on the internet too. It's lovely to have you with us as well as those in this great auditorium here in Peterborough. Uh, today we come to the final part of our series, Whatever You Do. It's been, I hope you agree with me, it's been a really great series. I found it incredibly helpful. Uh, I found it challenging at times too. And I found myself praying often that God would help me to put into practice practice that which I've heard and that which has been an inspiration to me. I hope that's been the same for you. Uh, we have been thinking about what it means to be a, a kingdom ambassador, as it were, someone who in whatever we do in our lives, we are living for Jesus, we are living him out. In fact, you might recall in week two, I summarized it like this. The great purpose that we have as believers is to know Christ and to make him known. And that's a thread that has run through this whole series. Now, because I've known this series has been coming for a little while, probably over six months or so, I've had my antenna up listening for great examples of uh, where you guys have been excellent kingdom ambassadors. And I have to tell you, my notebook is full of examples. So well done to you. Give yourself some applause. Come on, they're in Cafe Church too. So for example, I heard recently uh, a young woman who'd been an employee for six years described by her line manager as she left to go to another job as the most amazing yeah, young uh, leader, young person working in that team, but he was a primary thing, kingdom ambassador. I never heard her in six years of working close to me ever saying anything negative about someone else. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it well done? Uh, I was hearing too, uh, uh, I went for a test drive in a car uh, some while ago, and uh, I got in the car, you know, and you know how the salespeople, if you're a car salesperson, bless you, kingdom ambassador and all that, but he's trying to sell me the car from the second I get in, you know, he's telling me about the car and all this, and we go for a test drive, so we drive around here, and I thought, I know what I'll do, I'll drive to Kingsgate and drive him around the car park so that I get opportunity to, to kind of sell back to him, that's what, that's what I was thinking, and so I drove around, and he said, oh, I've been here before. I said, have you? He said, are you, that, are you part of this Kingsgate thing? I said, oh, yeah, I just happened to go there on weekends and stuff. And, he, he, and I worked there, in fact. And he said, oh, Kingsgate people are so amazing. That's what he said. He said, I live in the Hamptons, and every year, my wife and our kids, we go on some Easter egg hunt thingy bob that they put on, and it's absolutely amazing. My children, this is what he said, my children love it, and because my kids love it, I love it. But a big shout out to all the kingdom ambassadors in Hampton, living out what it means to know Jesus and to make him known. Let me give you another couple of examples. Do you know that last week on the 26th of June, one of our number, Rona Fu, was honored by Her Majesty the Queen. She was called to go to Buckingham Palace. Yes, this is amazing, isn't it? <clears throat> Uh, and I've seen the photograph, we can't show it to you for copyright reasons, but uh, I've seen the photograph of Rona uh, bowing down, as it were, before the Queen, who was honoring her and some other people for their uh, service into the community. And Rona is well known in this city and obviously now uh, in the nation as someone who's living that out to be a kingdom ambassador. And finally, what about Clara? I don't know if you know Clara. Clara is the oldest member of our grand adults group here in Peterborough, and she will be 90 next Tuesday, so many congratulations to her. 
We do believe that she's the oldest Kingsgate you know, uh, congregant, unless you know better. If you're 91 and a half, come and see us afterwards and uh, we'll, we'll sort out a cupcake for you too. Uh, and anyway, she's, she's been here since 2005, I think she, she joined the church. But here's the amazing thing about this lady as a kingdom ambassador. One day a week, at age 89 as she is now, and 19, she's done this for years. She serves one day a week in the Peterborough City Hospital on the PALS desk, making people much younger than her, feel that they know where they go. So let's just congratulate Clara again. Thank you. It's amazing, amazing kingdom ambassadors. And what's all this got to do with you? It's got to do with you because we're a community here at Kingsgate, and it's a joy to be part of a community that's trying to live out what it means to know Jesus. Now, you will have spotted that I've been joined with some friends on the, uh, the stage here. I'm really pleased about that because this morning what we're going to do is we're, we are going to have a kind of discussion and we want you to listen in. We started our discussion a couple of weeks ago thinking about the blessings and challenges of what it means to be a kingdom person, particularly in the workplace. And it's not all about work because obviously these people have got family lives and some have got children. So there's all that balance of life balance to go on. So we're going to have a conversation. I hope you enjoy uh, joining in and listening to it. So would you put your hands together and welcome my guests. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, brilliant. And this is great because I get to sit down for the talk. Woohoo! That's it. Brilliant. Right now, so uh, just by way of getting us started, in, I wonder if each of our uh, panelists, as it were, would like to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about yourself. You start us, Tom. Sure. My name's Tom. Uh, my wife, Lisa, and I have been part of Kingsgate for about three years now. And I'm a farmer, and I'm really excited to be here. Okay. Morning, everyone. Morning everyone, my name's James. I've been part of Kingsgate Cambridge for the past five years. I'm a secondary school science teacher um, and have the privilege of being head of science. Thank you. Um, morning, um, I'm Bex. Um, I have been, um, me and my family have been part of Peterborough Kingsgate for about 10 years. I work in um, the city emergency department as a deputy sister. And I've got uh, two young children, so that's my other job. I'm not sure which is harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure which is harder. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Susan. I've been coming to the church for about 10 years or so. Um, my husband for about four. Uh, and my role, I guess my area of expertise is marketing. Okay, brilliant. So there we have a, quite a wide range of uh, uh, jobs and experience there. So tell us then, firstly, um, Bex, you tell us, how did you get into uh, being a sister and nursing and all that? Um, I came into um, nursing later on, actually. I was probably at a, a crossroads career-wise and quite a low point in my personal life as well. Um, I don't I definitely thought about being a nurse and I, I prayed about it. I, don't, I can't say that I felt God sort of behind me saying this mm. is the way to go, walk in it, but it was more like pushing a door that didn't close in my face, but mm. um, it's definitely been a really good, I'm not sure it's a forever career either, but it's definitely a, a good mm. career and I know that God's on it for this season for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, Tom's experience as well. You, you haven't always been a farmer. Yeah. This is Tom, he's, he's known globally as Farmer Tom, okay? <laughs> so, um, but you haven't been a farmer all your life, have you? No, not at all. Farming's the fourth industry I've worked in. So I was a consultant, then I worked in uh, news and magazines, and then I worked in film. And then, obviously, that's the typical route to take to, uh, to become a farmer. But it, <laughs> it, it definitely felt very random, actually. I didn't feel at the time uh, that there was a particular order. As I look back, I feel a lot of the things which I've been equipped with mm. in my previous jobs, I'm getting to use now to, to make me a better farmer. So that's, um, 
Yeah, that's brilliant. great. Yeah. Thank you. And what about you, Susan? How did you end up in marketing? And um, well, I ended up in marketing, I think, as a result of um, being quite interested in uh, communications. Mm. I didn't know how I was going to get there, so I tried a couple of things. I was a, a magazine columnist. I was a bit of a radio DJ for a while. Oh, wow. um, and then I realised that I quite like writing. And, yeah, um, I had some amazing doors opened and great mm. opportunity, really, to be able to... Um, yeah, 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 just do marketing. So it's like, it sounds like a kind of journey of discovery rather than a kind of it, career choice at 12. It was, um, yeah. My yeah. very The very first time I applied to be a marketeer, I hadn't actually done any prep. Yeah. It was about... 14 years ago and mm. um, every time I was asked you know why do you want to get into marketing I kept saying I mean the job spec sounds great and, and that's <laughs> as much as I knew um, yeah. but yeah as, as the, the years went on I, I learned it was yeah. a passion of mine. And what about you, James? Did you end up in teaching randomly, or was that? A no, it wasn't. It wasn't random at all. I mean, from a very young age, I um, had a passion for education. God placed in my heart a desire to teach and a desire to lead within education. Um, my granddad inspired me. He was a Christian head teacher, um, and so um, went through school, university, and now I'm four years into teaching. Yeah, yeah. And presumably, you enjoy being a teacher. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. it. That's fantastic. Now, uh, over the past few weeks in this series, uh, we've had a number of uh, video testimonies. Remember those that have been shown week by week, and they've just been really excellent. Bex uh, was actually, I think you were the first one when you starred uh, in, in uh, giving your testimony. Uh, can we just put our hands together for all the four people who made those testimonies? They were just so great. Thank you, Bex, for, for, for sharing yours. Uh, so the question I wrote down was here, how have you adjusted to that level of fame? That's come in there, you know. <laughs> so kind of like, I felt at the first few um, times I went to work, I think it was like, you know, wearing a Christian fish sticky, you're the ones that you put in a car, <laughs> which I would never do, just in yeah. case I'm not that gracious when I'm yeah, in yeah. a car. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I, I probably got face ache from a smile just in case anybody might yeah, recognize me. <laughs> so in your testimony, which we absolutely loved, yeah, you said, I think I quote you, uh, you couldn't imagine doing your work without God's help. Yeah. I mean, what are some of the ways that that he helps you, and any others you can chip in in a minute as well, Sim. Um, yeah, I definitely um, know that God helps me in, in, uh, whilst I'm at work. I think a lot of people, I'm sure I'm not the only one who finds work nowadays really challenging and often overwhelming. Hmm. Um, but for me, I think that um, God um, helps to quiet my, quieten myself and just come out of myself a little bit and realise hmm. that um, you know everybody who I meet um, who comes into work has gone on their own journey to get there mm. and, um, and just reveals to me their heart. So, it, yeah, I, I noticed that, that when I first started ED, a lot of the staff, they had what we call compassion fatigue and it's actually quite mm. easy to get that. Um, but I really didn't want that to happen to me. And so, yeah, I just believe that God just reveals to me who mm. that, you yeah. know, yeah. what that person's gone through so that I can be yeah. of help to them in a different way. Yeah, yeah. well, if it's any um, encouragement to you, let me just, I didn't tell you I was going to say this because I knew you'd be nervous. <laughs> but uh, I've had my spies out in the hospital. Right, oh. and um, <laughs> the, might have recognized. Good job, yeah, yeah. Thanks, no, there was one of our, <laughs> I won't say who, but one of our um, young leaders was up at the hospital. Uh, you'll know who it was, but uh, in, in A and E. And the, the most remarkable thing that she said was that she, she met you uh, as part of the triaging and process, and I don't know exactly where in, in, the, in the events. But what, she, what most impressed her was how calm you were and how kind you were and how nice you were and also the fact that it resonated through that whole team of people for which you're responsible. Oh, so you're doing a great you. job. Oh, Let's thank, you. thank you. So 
we don't need to just take your word for it. We've seen it from, from the inside. Uh, what about uh, some of the others? Do you want you to contribute to that? I mean, how have you sensed God helping you in your workplace? Um, well, I would say, yeah, quite a lot, because mm. my workplace at the moment is um, uh, volunteering at, at church, um, as well as some other um, consulting bits. And I would absolutely say that I couldn't get through a day without... Um, God's help mm. because uh, there are so many things that can like uh, I guess trip you up I suppose so mm. um, yeah it's it's like really amazing to have Jesus in my pocket as it were um, yeah mm. to just get the best out of me and I think that this series about whatever you do has really helped to I guess reignite that in, mm. in my heart that actually um, you're not working you're, you're working for an audience of one mm. um, and that's that's been really encouraging mm. for me um, to you. remember James where you want to add to that? I think for me it's really important that I work as a, an act of worship and so I want to do my best as I work and mm. um, you know, there's a lot of challenges in teaching, a lot of the situations I mm -hmm. face as a leader in managing conversations, in managing um, students. Mm -hmm. um, it's so good to know his power and his presence at work. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were chatting over the last couple of weeks. One of the things we, we were talking about was, um, you know, that you might remember from my message a few weeks ago, we were talking about the purpose that we have. So our purpose is to know Christ and make him known. But a second and really important thing is that we find our place that God has kind of carved out for us, that he's kind of designed for us, because when we have our purpose and our place in alignment, that's a really glorious and, and joyous place to be. So we were chatting, uh, as I say, a, a week or two ago about this kind of idea of place, and particularly, I mean, what would you say to someone, I'm going to go to Tom first here, um, what, Tom, what would you say to someone listening who doesn't feel that their work is their kind of perfect place right now? Well, I think it's probably um, useful to look at what our ultimate goal is. I mean, I, I think I'm really lucky as a farmer. Um, I drive the combine, uh, and so I get to see our entire, the, the fruits of our entire year's work come in in front of me. Mm -hmm. So for the rest of the year, when I'm freezing cold in winter, or when I'm giving a, uh, giving a pedicure to 300 sheep, which does happen, or when I'm, uh, you know, t two weeks ago I was on my third coat by lunchtime because it was so wet. Um, I can think ahead to harvest, mm. and, that's, and that's what really focuses me. And I know when um, Andrew Ollerton was talking, he was talking about going for a walk up, up a mountain in the mist, and someone came down from the top and said, you know, keep going, it's beautiful up mm. there. Yeah. And, and that really struck a chord with me. Mm. I thought that was really, really helpful. So, so just that, that thought of harvest yeah. uh, is something that keeps me going, even when I'm feeling... This might not be the most yeah, fun yeah. job. I think for most of us, we have to think about our Weetabix in the morning and that kind of, kind of thing that comes from him in his wet coat. Um, but James, you were also, when we were chatting about this, we're, we're talking about the process that had happened, one of the processes that happened in your life in kind of finding the place. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really <clears throat> easy to be in a situation where you think the grass is always greener. And certainly I found myself in that place last year. Um, I'd been head of science for two years in one school. I'd been restless. And I just thought, you know, this wasn't my perfect place. And so I started pushing doors and I got a new opportunity this year. I started in a different school in September. And when I moved, um, I instantly really realised how much I'd taken for granted in my previous work. Mm. I realised that, as, uh, as Tom shared last week. You know, I spent a lot of time doing the groundwork. I'd built a platform to share God's story, but I didn't actually seal the deal. I never invited anyone to church. 
but I'd done lots and lots of work. I'd walked alongside um, my colleagues. I'd shared my faith, um, but I had to build all that up again. And so I'd really encourage you, no, no matter what place you're in, make the most of every opportunity to share God's mm. love. Be praying for opportunities to share his love. Be praying for blessing, how you can bless your colleagues. And if after all of that process, you do have a sense from the Spirit that it's time to move on, then just get praying, get opening doors, and I'm sure God will open up um, fresh new opportunities um, to serve his purposes. But the most important thing is, what is your purpose in life? My purpose is not to be a school teacher. My purpose in life is to know Jesus and to make him known, and so I need to find a place to do that. Thank you so much. Now, for the benefit of those who are joining us for the first time today, you might not know, but our series was based on a particular scripture taken from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Just please let me read it to you uh, before we, we, we talk about uh, this series itself. Uh, the, the, the scripture goes like this, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, Susan already mentioned the, you know, the kind of series. Um, Bex, when you think back to this, like this is week six of the six-week series, I mean, out of that series, has there anything particular that has inspired you or helped you or challenged you? Um, yeah, I found in um, David Alton's, um, David Alton, am I Andrew, mixing, yeah. mix, mixing them up? <laughs> Andrew Alton, sorry. Um, yeah, he said that um, God you know, he ordained work as a good thing, but mm. it's hard because of the fall. And I hadn't really kind of looked at it like that. It, it is hard because of the fall. Mm. And, um, and he said, you know, so sometimes we just have to kind of get over ourselves a bit and dig in, work hard, um, mm. you know, and, and not quit. And, but we don't actually have to do that on our own. You know, he wants to partner in mm. the work that we do with us. Mm. And I found that really quite helpful, actually. Oh. It is hard. It is going to be yeah. hard. God knows that. But we're not doing it alone. Mm. That's great. That's really helpful. Susan, you mentioned the series. What, what did you find particularly challenging or helpful? Um, can I say all of it? It's a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. Um, but I, I've genuinely been challenged each week. Um, mm. And it's, it's quite interesting when you've been at church for, for quite some time mm. um, to still come expectant and uh, get a fresh revelation each mm. time. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really great. Certainly uh, um, now that I'm in a, a season of not uh, working a traditional nine-to-five mm. role, I think it's been really quite helpful to in- and encouraging to think about the fact that um, I've still got great opportunities um, mm. and I still should be doing all that I can um, mm. as if I were, were working for God. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I've, I've really found quite a lot of, of blessing, certainly in this season and certainly within this series. Mm, thank you. And what about you, Tom? Uh, well, I'm not bringing an apple to the teacher here, but David, when you spoke about um, Thank uh, you. <laughs> when you spoke about are we striving to hit the, the, the bullseye, but but are we actually you know aiming for the right target? I, I'm I'm really busy and I enjoy being busy, but actually I really find I often get caught up in that busyness and I don't get the chance to to. to th- really think strategically am I even aiming at the right board here so that was that was actually a great reminder Mm. for me it was it was um pretty challenging but really refreshing as well to be able to sit back and think what what is even the target you know what what's Mm. you know going back to your point what what is the what is even the point of me being here so um, that was really helpful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no, I completely agree with Tom. I think um, for a lot of my early career, I, I'd set my sights on being a Christian head teacher. I wanted to be a head teacher, and that has, 
I still wear, I think, God is calling to me, but um, that's not what my purpose is. Um, mm. And I think it's really important. I've set a resolve through this series now to daily as I drive into work that my purpose is in him. Mm. Um, it's found in him. My identity is in him and not what my students think of my lessons, not what my mm. lesson observations are like. Um, yeah. And it's really important to daily remind yourself of that. Mm. Yeah, that's very helpful. I hope you're finding this helpful because it's a, it's a great insight, isn't it, into uh, these particular workplaces. Now, I, I mean, this, uh, today we're talking about blessings and challenges, and I want to just kind of swap to some of the challenges. There's already been hinted one or two. Um, so, for example, I was reading some research recently that highlighted a challenge that I know a lot of people face uh, day in, that, that with the advent of so many ways of being able to work at home, whether it's on your laptop or your apps or iPads or you know your phones or whatever, it seems that it is so much harder than before to kind of strike a, a work life or a work home or a work family balance. When it, you know, in fact, uh, one piece of research showed that 26% of work is done outside of normal paid working hours, which is quite a lot, isn't it? And that's definitely something that comes in our day and age. So I'm going to come to you first, James. I mean, so how have you fared with your kind of work-life balance, as it were, over the years? And have you got any tips that you can pass on to others here? Yeah, I mean, I think it is challenging, but I, I set a resolve right at the start of my career. Um, I said I wasn't going to work at the weekends, um, and I'd have two evenings a week where I wouldn't work. So one to prioritise marriage time with my wife, Emily, um, and the other evening to to hang out with my church friends in life groups or coming to Touching Heaven. And I know some people might think, you know, how are you going to get fit all your schoolwork in? I was writing the school timetable a few weeks ago, um, and my colleague said, um, James, this is your first timetable. It's going to take 200 hours at least. Wow. And I thought to myself, I don't have 200 hours. <laughs> if I count all my evenings, if I count all my Saturdays, all my Sundays, I don't have 200 hours. And I thought to myself, Lord, you can do this. You can provide. And, and you know, God has really honoured that. I wrote the timetable in under 100 hours. Ooh. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with his guidance, with his wisdom, um, I think it's really possible just to submit your work to him. He's really honoured the time that I've had with um, my wife and, and church um, and I've been able to prioritise how I manage my work at home. Yeah, and, and Tom, how, how does it work for you? Because I, I, I guess, I'm only guessing as a farmer, you're a bit more control of your own time, are you? I am, but I'm terrible. My work-life balance is awful. I have to say, if you spoke to my wife, she would say that all the times that I'm dreaming of harvest, she's dreaming of a time when I'm not working 15 hours a day. So um, I think my work-life balance is, is relatively poor. But one thing we do, and actually, um, you know, James was talking about it, and Simon Deke spoke about having a Sabbath, is we don't work on a Sunday at all. We feed our animals. That's, that's important. But we don't work on a Sunday at all. So in the middle of harvest, uh, when it's prime conditions and it's raining the forecast on a Monday, actually, we still have that rest of, of, of having the boundary of not working on a Sunday and that is so refreshing you know a man can't work that much mm. in a week yeah. and and you know we just I think that's a really good good way to start yeah, the yeah. Lord's at the beginning of our diary yeah absolutely I mean I always think if uh, if God can't work for seven days and he has to rest on, on the seventh then if we kind of get out of that ourselves then we, we are we're saying something uh, Bex you've already mentioned you've got two small children a very demanding husband you know uh, I, hope, I hope he's here uh, I, I, I do see on your social media actually he's quite a good cook yeah so um, I, I, don't, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure I do most of the cooking. Okay, right. well, good in terms of pizza pr production, I think it is. Uh, anyhow, so what about, I mean, it must be very demanding in your time because you've got a demanding job with shifts and all of that yeah. stuff as well as those things. Yeah, both um, me and my husband, we both um, do shift work and obviously, like you've mentioned, we've got two children, so no week ever looks the same for us. Mm. 
um, and sadly we do have to have we work often on a Sunday, so it's really mm. difficult to sort of prioritise that one day that we might have off together. And actually, that yeah, that doesn't always happen. Um, but for me, I I plan, 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 and and in doing that, it means I can prioritise what's important. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, I I try to. Um, Whatever I'm doing, I try to be all in, as I call it. Mm. So whether that be at work, which is actually easier, like I'm focused on what I'm doing. It's harder for me when I'm at home because I do have, um, like whether it be stuff I'm doing for volunteering or my husband sitting at the desk doing blember work or whatever mm. it is. Um, and it's almost like the children can be the distraction, mm. but actually they're not. They should be the focus. So um, the other day my daughter said to me, Oh, mummy, can, can I have a cuddle and you stop cleaning up? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that is so much more valuable to give her a cuddle yeah. than it is to clean yeah. up. So, yeah, it's just try and, try and focus on what I'm doing at the time yeah, and what, yeah. what's the priority. Yeah. Well, your children are lovely, so I think yeah, between you and your husband, you're doing, it looks like you're doing a great job there. And uh, many of the parents here will identify, won't you, with that kind of sense of pressure and so on that, that goes there. But so it's evidently important to know that what you're doing, whatever you're doing, you're, do, you're doing it for Jesus and you, you reflect that well. Now, I'm gonna, I mean, I want to move on to a little bit of a sensitive area, actually, and sensitive because, um, you know, not everything goes well all the time at work. We, we know that, don't we? And, you know, so for example, over the last year, I was hosting a, a group called Influence here in Kingsgate, about 70 people kind of journeying through over a year thinking about um, workplace challenges. And one of the uh, predominant challenges that came up when we were discussing, uh, you know, work life was the fact that uh, and often bosses or senior people ask Christians to do things that they feel extraordinarily uncomfortable about doing. It feels that it's a bit of a, like, a tension between wanting to be uh, true and honest and fair, for example, and you know, the, the, the culture in the workplace being you know, different from that at times. So obviously we don't want to uh, reveal your previous employers or your <laughs> or particular bosses or anything like that. So just, but just thinking in general, I mean, have, have you had that kind of experience where you've been put in a place where you've felt kind of, if you went through with something, it'd be a compromise, and how did you deal with that? I had quite a challenging situation, and I was just reminded by the Spirit that the God of angel armies is always by my side, and to stand firm, and that's what I did, um, and I found that my colleagues, my bosses respected me more, even though I was put in that compromising position. I stood my ground, I stood for what I believed, and I gained more respect, and gained more, um, you know, people thought I had more integrity than I, I, mm. um, they had before, so... Yeah. Stand firm. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? I mean, I, I left my first job, um, which was the job I'd always wanted to in consultancy, because I felt like, well, actually, the role ended up being tantamount to corporate espionage, which was, um, so it really wasn't mm. something that I was comfortable with at all. And so I, I left quite quickly. But in my most recent job with, um, in film, um, I had uh, the job of looking after the compliance for the UK, which was pretty tedious, but they had a mantra which was always with unyielding integrity. And that was something that really spoke out to me. Mm. And, and there, there were times when, I was one time in particular when one of my first bosses had asked me to ring a customer and just say something that wasn't true. Mm. And, I, and I said to him, I, I, I actually won't do that. I, I, I won't say something that's not true. Um, and, and our friendship as, as, a, as a 
a boss and an employee um, really grew over the years and we had some great conversations and I think it came out probably that good came out from just standing out a little bit yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it always goes well when you yeah. when you refuse to do something but that that for me actually in the long run yeah. um, where I managed to hold on to my integrity I felt I was yeah. that was um, that was a positive rather than negative yeah yeah thank Here's you um, sorry, okay. can I add? Yeah, sure, um, yeah so for me, I, I would definitely say I haven't got it all sussed out. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, but there have been times in the past where I've had, uh, I've been in a bit of a sticky situation um, and, a, and a, con a continuous one, if you like. So um, I actually found myself, things weren't going according to plan and I found myself literally having to press in and be like, God help. Um, you know, those were just some of the short prayers that I would say. And um, somehow, the day I just got through the days and the weeks, and it was, I felt like I was very much in a bit of a, an, an ongoing battle. But um, I can't say, you know, I went off skipping into the sunset and it was mm. all perfect. But I will say that um, I absolutely um, feel that I'm living in the, the, fruit I suppose mm. of really um, pressing into God in those mm. times I think it's like I love the the lyric um, singing in the storm and, mm. and praising in the storm because it very much was like that so mm. um, yeah I, I just think that um, as I have grown um, from a mm. corporate uh, point of view and I've, I've moved up the corporate ladder um, I think my, my faith has grown deeper as well mm. because I've, I've had to press in um, to get through some of the situations. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that would yeah. be my experience. So let me press in on that a little, if I may, because, because we'd had a conversation earlier. I know that at the end of last year, I think it was, wasn't it, you had a particularly difficult kind of yeah. events in your working life and yeah. disappointing events. Yeah. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that yeah, and how you course. coped with that? Yeah, so um, about this time last year, I felt absolutely blessed with um, a job better than I could have I could have imagined, to be honest. And I think my 16 years of working had been leading up to that point. Mm. It was a, an amazing job um, in London uh, as a head of marketing. And uh, I, I very much felt like mm. I'd come out of a storm and Jesus was still in my pocket and I was going into the office mm. and smiling, beaming, uh, managing to get through uh, really uh, busy days. And um, as the year drew to a close, um, actually myself and about 30 other colleagues ended up getting made redundant as a result of mm. a change of business strategy. And at the time I was... Um, I, I mean, as the time went on, I, I was quite disappointed. But at the time, I was I was kind of a bit puzzled. I was like, mm. well, God, you know, you've given me this job. So mm. how, how on earth am I in a situation where now I have to give it up and, and, and giving up a job that you really, really love mm. and you, you can't control? Um, and as I had worked, I think towards the end of last year, I'd worked for probably about 17 years um, uh, consecutively. I would never have wanted to have been in a situation where I, I didn't have a full-time job um, but I I think I've held on to that thought that it's like actually God you gave me this job mm. so what next yeah. and he isn't going to I'm not going to be in a position where something that I loved is taken away and I'm yeah. not given something even better yeah, yeah. so um, actually that excitement and that reality that um, God loves me more than I can actually mm. um, even even 
fully understand yeah, yeah. that I know that he's doing something in this mm. season, but also yeah. he's preparing me for something even better. So yeah. that's been quite incredible. I actually feel compelled to pray for you right now, if I may. Oh, yes, so, um, Father, I just want to pray uh, for Susan. I thank you that she's stayed faithful to you in this uh, difficult time. And I just pray, Father, that as she's just voiced in faith, that you would lead her to the job of her dreams, that you would find her an even better job than the job she had before. And that in a few weeks, a few months' time, she will be able to testify of how this journey that was unpredictable okay. brought her to that place. Would you bless her and honor her faith? In Jesus' name we pray. Thank Amen. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, our time is kind of uh, running out, but... Um, which is amazing how time flies. <laughs> I'm really enjoying uh, talking to you guys. Um, I just want to think, you know, obviously there's a lot of people listening in and what we're talking about. I mean, how would you encourage everyone to be more confident in their faith in the workplace? Just maybe one or two things. Um, James, you want to kick us off on that one? I'm passionate about prayer in the workplace. No matter what lesson I've got next or whether I've got a meeting coming up, I'm passionate about prayer because day in, day out, I see answers to prayer. Just last week, I had a, a year 10 class come in. They were late for their physics lesson. I could see them sweat dripping off their face as they had their PE. Um, and I had one girl shouting, oh, I hate science. Why have I got science? And I popped back into my classroom and I said, Lord, I welcome your presence here. I thank you that your presence changes everything. <laughs> and I tell you... I, I, I said, that, you know, Lord, would you give me some joy here? I stood at the door, a smile beaming on my face. I don't know where that came from, but I know it was God. And they came in quietly. They were attentive. And at the end of the lesson, that same girl came up to me and said, Sir, I really enjoyed that lesson. Thank you. Yeah. And God answers prayer. Yeah. So keep yeah. praying. Yeah, thank you. Bex, what would you say? I'm, I'm afraid I'm with that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, prayer. I mean, I... I prayer cycle to work I have to um, because I never know what I'm about to meet um, when I get to work but that doesn't actually sustain me for the whole 12 and a half hour shift um, I quite often have to do the Lord help me prayers and um, he really does mm. um, but that isn't just at work either that is home work mm. uh, as well yeah, and okay. even my son Walter knows this too we sometimes have to go mummy should we do the turnaround prayer because we're having a really bad day and it's like yeah. should we just stop and pray and let's turn this day around and we yeah. do that and it does actually Brilliant. really work so he's good at that too wow that's a there's a tip for you isn't it thank you Susan you good? um for me yeah I, I do agree um it's about prayer and also about faith and belief um uh, yeah I, I just think that if we had that sense of actually you know god you're above everything yeah. you're above every situation constantly um how transformed our lives mm. would be so yeah that it would be about um more faith and wisdom i yeah, would say thank you and finally tom um definitely i agree with all the uh, all the panelists here about bringing the lord into into our everyday work just praying lord how do you see this difficult person obviously he won't see them as a difficult person only you do um and i think that's that's probably mm. probably really key yeah, absolutely. So finally then, in a moment, I'd just quite like to pray for this whole congregation as we come to the end of this uh, series. So if there were one or two kind of bullet points that you think would be worthy prayers to pray for kingdom ambassadors in the workplace, what, what would they, a couple of things be? I'd very much like to pray for perseverance. I think sometimes we're not called to fight or run. We're actually called to just stand and persevere. Mm. So for perseverance. Yeah, thank you. I'm just going to jot these down. Okay. I think we need to pray for protection against the evil one. I think that um, sometimes the enemy wants to come into our work situation and, and have a, a grasp on it, and we need to pray against that mm. in the name of Jesus. Yeah, thank you. 
Um, I would pray for um, integrity um, and, and wisdom, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and just that we would never lose sight of, of mm. who um, God is and who he says that we are. Yeah, thank you. Um, just to be reminded that work is good and that mm. we're not doing it alone. It might be hard, but it's a, it's a good thing to work. And yeah, we partner with God to do it. Fantastic. So that's four things. Uh, the first two of you did really well and give me two Ps, you know, because uh, we, yeah, we pastors, we like to have everything, uh, you know, come there. So maybe next time we could get some Ps. So we've got uh, perseverance, protection, praying for integrity, and just that, a general awareness deep down that we're not on our own, wherever it is we are. So would you put your hands together and just say thank you to our panel?